0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Dude, it's 752 on the Blitz 1170. It's also Oilers Hockey Studio. Rick Corey along with Scott File, welcoming as we do. On Tuesdays at this time, the man who head coaches the folks out in Owasso, that is Bill Blankenship. Oh, uh-oh, Coach Blankenship, uh, we uh, we lost the call. He's normally driving into work about this time when we're talking to him, so many times that's what uh, what's going on. It reminds you during that time that you can go and win Dallas Cowboys tickets or we have a way for you to register. If you'd really love to see the Cowboys, how about you do this? How about you text the word Dallas to 918-262-5072. That's all you have to do. Just text the word Dallas to nine one eight two six two five zero seven two, and you'll be signed up to win a pair of tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys. It's that simple. Dallas, 918 262 We now welcome to our hotline the man himself, Bill Blankenship, head football coach at Owasso. And, uh, Bill, a tough one against Union, but another tough one coming up against Mustang. Let's first of all look back a little bit, and I'm, I was out of town, so I didn't have a chance to see it. Was this just one that kind of got away?
1: Rick I'd love to think that it got away from us uh you know we had a great week of practice we uh, I, I I thought prepared after forty years I guess I figured out that I don't know how it figured out. and uh, we uh, just absolutely did not match the intensity and focus and uh, and the play by the by the union squad they they came out and And executed much better than we did, and uh, certainly played with more passion and enthusiasm. So, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat. You got to go back to work and figure out, uh, you know, how did we, how did we, let that one um, get there and somehow not bring our absolute very best that night?
0: Isn't it interesting? I mean, you can, you can, as you said, you can be around. You can think you know, even on game day, you think you know and then you don't know, and sometimes it does just kind of slip away. And, you know, you look at the film, I'm sure, and you start to break things down. At the end of the day, did you find it was one of those kind of malaise games, or did you find, you know, okay, we fixed this bus, this bus, this bus? What did film show you?
1: Well, it, it, it's a little bit. I had a, an old coaching friend send me a text that uh, I thought made a lot of sense. He, he wanted to know if it was a blowout or did we just get a nail in the tire. And uh, I'm, I'm sure hoping it was a nail in the tire and uh, by as we looked at it, there were a lot of opportunities that uh, had we done what we thought we were prepared to do, uh, we should have should have not given up the big plays and and the and the, play, and the um, big mistakes. But again, that's why you go out and play them and uh, I have to own that you know as the leader of that program and Uh, We did not uh, have our guys where they were ready to execute. and So, again, tip your hat. Shaker had a huge night throwing the ball. Um, They got some matchups, and we got our eyes in the wrong place. So, again, their game plan was really good, and uh, ours was lacking. So uh, we just got to move forward. Don't get time to – you know, to lick our wounds, we've mm-hmm. got to get ready for Mustang coming in.
0: Yeah, it's a 4-0 and team. And you, before we leave that, and um, to have you take off your Owasso head coach hat just for a second and just put your quarterback coach hat on, Shaker Rising is a different kind of a talent, there's no question. When you watch him, what is most impressive?
1: Uh, Shaker's just really uh, very solid with his, you know, the uh, all the aspects of throwing the ball. Um He's got the throws to the field. He's got the deep ball. He can get the ball out quick. I think over the years, if there's anything that uh, I think is is maybe a key factor for a QB is the the quick release, and uh, he makes it very hard to get to him. Uh, anytime they're throwing the ball with his RPO skills and and uh, quick game, and, and so it, you know in terms of trying to get pressure on him, that's going to be tough. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you tip, again, tip your hat to to, to Shaker, but also to Dove. I mean, I, I think the schemes they used were really, really smart and very efficient. You know, we're
0: seeing more and more of that. And you, you mentioned his release. His release is ridiculously fast. But, I, you know, when I was at Washington and watching Penix, and then watching Dylan Gabriel uh, against uh, Tulsa, that quick release and we're seeing that more in the NFL too. Tua's doing that too. His release is now under yeah. under a two right at a two second thing. Is that just a trend? I mean it's always you've always wanted a guy to get it out quickly, but now it seems like we're game planning specifically to get it out quickly. Is that accurate or are guys just getting better?
1: Well, I think the trend of football is to uh develop more of the catch and release kind of throws. Um you know, the RPO evolution has made it where if if a guy is uncovered or if you've got space, get the ball out quick to him. And people that have to catch it, find the laces, wind up, they're not going to be nearly as efficient as the ones that, A, have the, the, the catch and, and throw um, skill set, but also the arm talent to get it out to, to a sport to spread it around. And so I think that's why those guys are succeeding once you get to the next level. Uh, because that's more and more, how do you how do you negate, you know, a, a Dallas Cowboy pass rush? Well you're not gonna negate it, but you better get the ball out of your hand. If you're holding on to it, they're going to create issues for you, and so are a whole lot of other teams around the country.
0: Yeah, well, we could talk about that kind of thing forever. You mentioned something about laces, and some quarterbacks don't even you know, don't even grip laces anymore. But we need to talk about your football team. As you said, moving forward against the Mustang team 4-0, and uh, they've had a couple of close ones, but they've been able to win them. On film, when you look at them, you know they're traditionally just this really hard-nosed, tough team. Are they about like that again?
1: Yeah, I think they're really taking on a, a little bit new identity. Um, you know, if you can picture Kansas State over the last few years offensively, uh, this is going to be a heavy quarterback run team. Uh, 6'3", you know, just, just under 200-pound quarterback that can, can run the ball and does a pretty good job with his play action and, and throwing the ball if you load the box. Uh, but they scored a whole lot of points in the first four weeks. And, um, you know, a lot of it has been centered around that quarterback and his ability to run the ball.
0: Yeah. Bill Blankenship with us, head football coach at Owasa. We have a few more minutes here with him. at 7.59 on the Blitz 1170. At 8.30, Jacob Seuss, our 5 News Fayetteville, Arkansas insider. Rick Corey here along with Scott File.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that your team really didn't match Union's intensity on Friday night. How much of is that a, a learning point, especially going forward here in district play with a big one coming up Friday night? Well, Scott, we're going to find out next Friday because, you know, the thing the thing that happens in, in 6A1 especially is you just don't get a break. Um, you know, I, I think if you want to, again, do the analysis, probably – Union was a little bit more back against the wall after a loss to Jinx and felt a little more um, urgency to, to answer. I think, you know, our team, uh, I didn't feel this way going in, but I think looking back, we felt pretty good about the last two weeks we'd played. And, you know, you, you felt pretty good about the fact that Union didn't play as well. And so, I, you know, there's just human nature sets in. And you've got to find a way – to get yourself on edge and to make it be, um, I mean, an issue every week. If you're not bringing your absolute A game in this league, uh, you're you're going to pay for it. And so, you know, will we learn from that? I I hope so. I think so. But you know, that's that's why there are upsets every week in um, high school football, college football, and NFL because people haven't mastered how to bring their A-game all the time. How have you guys responded in practice so far? I had a great practice yesterday. Uh, there's a different focus and a different level of intensity from our leadership. And, you know, I it's a shame sometimes that it takes adversity to bring that out of you. But, again, will it be a flash or will we really be able to grind through the week and to have a different kind of focus Um, you know, come Friday night. Well, remains to be seen, but I like what I see so far.
0: When you look at, uh, you mentioned Mustang's quarterback play, and we're seeing so much of that RPO with quarterbacks to begin with. Now defensively, when you're looking at how to defend that, that's going to have to be morphing through the years as the offenses are morphing. What are you seeing changes uh, for defenses to be able to do that as you move into this week?
1: Well, again, all up and down the levels of football, what happens if you have a quarterback that is a legitimate run threat is it's like having an extra running back in the backfield. And so, you know, you'll hear, um, you know, the the smart talking heads of of football talk about hats in the box. You know, you try to match up. You always want to have an extra hat. And what we mean by that is one more player than they have blockers. Well, when the quarterback is a runner, the, about the best you can get to is to balance that up and equal it up uh, because you're, you're going to have to play man coverage at least on the receivers that are left. And so it's a great equalizer of football when that guy can go. So you, you've got to see defenses evolve to trying to, to um, disguise are they loading up the box or are they showing it and then trying to get out to help in the passing game uh so those are always the, the issues and um you know you're we're we're not uh going to be breaking new ground this week <laughs> by any stretch but um you know we're definitely going to have to figure out a way to load that box up and still play good coverage and
0: everybody could use a Micah parson's and we'd all be fine right
1: Exactly. Wouldn't be exactly.
0: Yeah. Good players make coaches really, really good coaches. That's just the way that works. Couple of things before you go. Number one, I I hear so much these days. You know, I love to talk about matchups in games, and I've had a lot of coaches tell me yep. later, you know what? I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm worried about us. How much before a game are you just coaching your team? How much are you coaching matchups?
1: Well, I think I think the the answer is both. You know, a lot of times. You have to focus on coaching your team, but you're scheming matchups. And what I mean by that is, I don't, I don't think the players need to worry about the matchups. That's a coaching, that's a coaching issue. What the players have to worry about is doing what we do, and we have to prepare them to coach, or not coach. We have to prepare them to perform at whatever level we can perform at doing the best that we can do and then i believe there is value in having coaches that understand that i can help my players get an edge if i get the right matchups and so that's you know i i don't i don't want the our receivers to go over there and go well man i don't know why coach didn't put me over here on this safety and I don't want the the defensive end to go, well, if he would flip me over there on that uh, offensive tackle, it would be a better – I want them to just do their job. And so we're going to focus on those guys learning and doing and and, uh, being where they need to be and doing what they need to do for the team. And then as coaches, let's figure out if there's a formation or an alignment or a – uh, a situation where we can get favorable matchups that give us some kind of a downhill run or, or an advantage. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, very last thing I'm going to go back to something I said I wasn't going to do. Well, actually Scott has one more too. Do you still coach or do you, have you ever coached quarterbacks to find the laces or nowadays because of the quick release, is it grab and it? I don't care where you got it. Throw it.
1: Well, we always have thrown with the laces, especially if you're got down the down the field throws. Uh, it would be a very rare guy, and there have been some that that anecdotally uh, don't care about the laces, as you know, at the next level. Where it has changed is is a lot of guys are taking the ball and throwing it out on the bubble, or th- throwing a what we call a now screen, mm-hmm. which is just a a pre-snap read where a guy's uncovered and we've taught that that is to catch it and throw without the laces now and that's probably been at least the last 10 years that uh, you know I've had people that have influenced me to to work with quarterbacks of just catching and throwing that you ought to be able to get it out you know just to the perimeter of the defense without finding the laces and it's it, it is amazing how much quicker it is if you don't put it in your hand and spin it to find mm-hmm. the laces. Yeah, no doubt. Scott? Rick mentioned great players, one of the great players on your team currently right now, offensive lineman Blake Cherry. I saw on Twitter this morning that he just got an offer from UTSA. Obviously, you got a little bit of time with him. He's a class of 2025, so you've still got a little yep. time with him in Owasso. But what is the ceiling going to be like for him before he graduates? Well, for us and and Scott, um, anytime I mention Blake, I've got to mention Riker, Half, who's the other tackle, and and they are truly bookends. Uh, in this particular case, Riker had gotten an offer from UTSA oh, a month or two ago, and the guy that called me, I'm I'm like, are are you aware of our other tackle, Cherry? And uh, he's like, no, I wasn't, you know, da 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 da, and so. Uh, they called me last night. The O line coach did, and he goes, "Coach, you were absolutely right on on Blake. We got to get him an offer as well." And I'm like, "Well, I, you know, not trying to tell you I told you, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> these guys are both legitimate uh, high level players in terms of their future. They they're in the 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 six five to six six plus." They're around 300, and both have great feet. I mean, they can run in space, um, they can manage it, and they're nowhere near being as good as I think they're gonna be. And so I, I do think those two guys um, will wind up being really high-level recruited guys. Um, they're in the they're in the fourth game of, or just finished the fourth game of their junior year. Uh, both guys both of them started 14 games last year, and and knock on wood, and neither of them missed a snap. Uh, so I, I think they're resilient. I think they're they're coachable. They're great young men. Um, you know that makes it a lot of fun to have bookend tackles that you can you know kind of build the offense around. Sure, makes quarterback feel better, doesn't it? No doubt, no doubt,
0: (laughs) Bill. Always fun. I know it's it's an interesting week, and this is a tough football team at Mustang. Best of luck out there. Keep everybody healthy, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you, Rick. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz Eleven Seventy podcast from Bravado Wireless.